0: Welcome to Campus Life, the college half of our flagship podcast here at Campus De Canton. As always, I am Austin. And this is Colin. There comes a point in every college football season, usually around this time of the year, where you just are almost happy that the season's going to be over from a content perspective and i'm going to be completely <laughs> honest i'm st- we're still going to put on a good show here for you guys but i'm going to be completely honest yeah this week is that week for me 9 weeks in between this show and the tailgate and the key takeaways which takes me forever on sundays uh, and then recording it on mondays i'm just kind of I- i'm fighting through the wall this week so i'm i'm going to apologize but i will say I think it makes me less grumpy towards you, Colin. So I think, weirdly, I know, weird weirdly, weirdly, well, yeah. I, I, I feel no animosity towards you at all this evening. Now, maybe you'll say something dumb and trigger me, but for right now, I think that we're going to have some good time here tonight recording. this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just like an apathy at this point, like you're just so exhausted and you, ha- you don't have the energy to deal with my shenanigans. That could be it. You could, that could be it, you know, your shenanigans, that's a good way to put it. Thank you.
0: It, it it's uh it's it's a combination. like no one's forcing us to do this, obviously. Right. But we are, you know, beholden to not the podcast, but like the other things we do. We are beholden to like people that are paying us money to, you know, provide them a service. Um, it's really funny when you're in the off season, you're kind of like, you know, I'm so tired of thinking up ideas for this week's show because we don't have a steady stream of news just kind of flowing through. And then once you get in season, you hit about this point, about eight to ten weeks, and you're like, man, I'm just don't want to talk waivers anymore. I don't want to talk start sets anymore. I don't want to talk about you know players to stash for next year anymore. Like I just, I just, I want to focus on my teams and what I'm doing and bring this thing home. But but alas, we're uh, we we have a little bit of a shorter show tonight, and we did cut out. We're cutting out waiver wire tonight, and that's not because of the reason I'm talking about the waiver wire, just pretty much picked clean at this yeah. point. Um, it there's, there's not a lot hanging out of there. So we, we'll get there, Colin. And I'll ask you if you have any stash kind of guys where I will point you to, if you're looking for that kind of content is this week's chasing the net because Jared does a really good job talking starts sits, um, released the, the early week episode. There's two every week. But the first one's always uh waiver wire stuff. um, and so I, I would encourage you to go listen to that one, especially uh, because he talks a lot about it, like uh, CFF dynasty stashes and a lot of uh, uh, group of five players. And those are the kind of guys that I think uh, like that category, you know, the next man up at, at old dominion or whatever. Uh, I don't know that well, like just quite frankly, that's kind of my blind spot. I rely on other people for that information. So I'll just point you to the person who this week I happen to be uh, relying on for that, so uh, what we we can, I'll, I'll ask you when we get there, Colin. I don't really have any. They're all in my key takeaways for this week. If you're a member, you can go read the article. If you're an NIL member, you can go listen to me for 45 minutes talk about the subject uh, on our collective podcast feed. um But we do have, uh, I think, a really good discussion topic for tonight that I think is actually going to take up a good amount of time about uh, players who are we think are are. It's very possible that they return for another year. But before we do that, I think one of the bigger stories in Campus to Canton Leagues this past week was uh, Quinn Ewers out at Texas. So they're starting Malik Murphy uh, against BYU. And I think there were a lot of angles on this story. You know, what would Malik Murphy look like? He, He got some hype this spring. Would we see Arch Manning at all? What would Texas still... Want to uh, be dropping back and throwing the ball a ton? Would it alter the game plan? All those kinds of things had a lot of fantasy implications. There's a lot of players on this Longhorns offense that we like. And so um, I and I had a a bet riding on the game with Felix um, that if Malik Murphy threw for over 265 and a half yards, I believe is what 260 or 265 and a half? and a uh, half. That, that my mom would come on Debbie debate. And talk with everybody which felix has been trying to set up for literally years and yep. i've told him i i fought him every uh step of the way um Understandably. so murphy in this one 16 for 25 170 yards i literally didn't sweat that bet at all after the first two drives um two touchdowns an interception he did have a weird fumble as well Texas wins comfortably 35-6. to We don't see any Arch Manning. I don't know, Colin, any sort of, you know, any of those points, large-scale takeaways, and and just to address, you know, did they change the game plan up a little bit? Sort of. I mean, Jonathan Brooks got fewer carries than usual. CJ Baxter had nine. Jadon Blue had a handful. Savion Red had a handful. So, I mean, they did run the ball a a decent amount, Um, you know, not – Ton, but it did throw off the balance of the offense a little bit. I think.
1: Yeah, I think largely game plan, mostly the same. Uh, we were talking a little bit pre-show. You said like that was really a game that you felt like was just going to get out of hand like early, um, and Texas made some some pretty key mistakes. So that kind of kept it a little bit closer than maybe what you would have thought watching the game. Uh, but I think as far as some takeaways there with arch manning like i'm not expecting him to play at all this year you know texas still has playoff hopes you know they have that one loss to oklahoma but oklahoma just lost this week you know they're they should be right back in in the hunt there um they're gonna need a little bit of help because there's some other undefeated teams out there but texas still has their playoff hopes alive they're not going to turn the ball they're not going to turn the keys of this offense over to a freshman who's making a huge jump up in competition from where he was in high school they it's it's going to be Malik Murphy they're going to kind of probably let him figure it out and in turn figure out kind of what they have i know there's been a lot of speculation and i think we are also on the front of i think Malik Murphy is going to transfer this year because we'll talk about it in in our next segment here, but Quinn Ewers, spoiler alert, is a guy that we both feel like is going to come back.
0: Whoa, I didn't I didn't write
1: that on the sheet. You wrote it on the sheet. Well, that's a fair point. I didn't. You're, write, that you're making some team. dangerous assumptions here. That's a fair point. I did write that. I think that Quinn Ewers is a player who is going to come back, uh, which is going to squeeze Murphy out if he wants to start. This is going to be the third year for him, so he's going to have to go somewhere else. And we talked a lot about teams higher end teams that are going to need some quarterbacks this year. And I think he was a name that we thought was going to be very popular among those teams, Washington, Oregon, Michigan, Notre Dame, uh, Florida state potentially, Um, you know, maybe even Miami. Like there's a lot of like pretty good schools that are going to need a quarterback. And I don't think this is going to be a very strong quarterback transfer portal, but based on what we saw out of Malik Murphy, and then it was one game. But it it wasn't looking great. Uh, he's gonna have a couple more games here to prove himself, but his uh, his Devi hopes I think are are hanging on by a thread.
0: I'm sure by now because I don't know exactly what time Felix gets up, but we usually post this Eastern time somewhere between 11 and 11:30 p.m on Monday nights and then usually, By the time I mute all my messages starting at 10 o'clock and keep them muted till about 8 a.m. And by the time I unmute them, usually Felix has dropped some sort of comment about the show in our uh, group chat uh, with the group. And I think right now he's sitting here listening and saying, oh, great. Austin's going to sit here. He's going to be a jerk and he's going to try to victory lap this game. He's going to play. I told you so. Um, But I don't need to do that. I don't need to do that. (laughs) I'm not, you know, that's not my, that's not my personality. Uh, And I'm not really drawing any large scale conclusions from this game. I will say, I think Malik Murphy was really bad in this game. Like really, really bad. He, he has one of the bigger arms in college football, you know, Joe Milton's number one. And then you can, you know, sort the next, you know, the, the remainder of the top 10 behind him in any order you want, but I would be willing to say Murphy uh, potentially falls into that group. Um, And it looked like basically the entire game, he sat back there and said, don't overthrow, don't overthrow it. Don't overthrow it. He was floating everything. And if this was football seven or eight years ago, even he probably would have had at least two of his receivers absolutely killed just destroyed because he was just hanging guys out there. The interception was really poor. Could have been miscommunication, but it was still really poor. The fumble was really poor. Um it didn't really matter in this game though, because I think BYU is just so bad. Like this with, with Quinn Ewers I think this would have been 55 to three, quite frankly. But I'm not drawing that many conclusions on Malik Murphy because I do think it's really hard to step in the middle of the season even though you've been in the offense for two years now to take over a job that you probably weren't really expecting to take over at any point this year. Um, especially with the fans all calling for the other guy that's on the team. Um, I think that's a really tough spot to be in. So I I, I want to see a couple more games out of him. Um, I do think it should be a little bit of a break pumping moment. And I do think if he were to transfer this offseason, choosing the right spot is going to be really important for him. Um, because some, some offenses, some, some play callers, um, some QB developers just know how to take a guy and kind of work around what they can do to get the best out of them. And I think, you know, I don't want to write a a guy like him off full wholesale. Um, but I do think I, I, at this point, if you said like Malik Murphy, will he start meaningful NFL games, you know, in the future? I, I based on based on what I've seen so far out of his career, I I can't see him starting a lot of NFL games or really many any, not like intentionally. Like that's the team's game plan going into the year. So, I I mean that that's kind of my takeaway from this game. Um, he's just he's he he was not good. He's very raw. He hasn't played a lot of football. It's almost the same thing as Tyler Buckner. He missed. Uh, he had a COVID year pushback. He didn't start till later in his career. Um, and obviously didn't play last year at all. So it's, it's a tough spot for him. I actually, you know, uh, uh, that that uh that's pretty much my thoughts on it. But, you know, I don't, I'm interested to see what he does next week. You know, is, is he better next week? I think that'll be telling.
1: Yeah, I mean, this isn't going to be an easy matchup next week. You know, he gets Kansas uh, this coming week. It's Kansas State, who is, they've been kind of up and down this year, but they're a top 25 team right now. You know, they, I think they're, they're a decent opponent. So much better than, than BYU. So it'll, it'll definitely be a, a different test this week. Um, so definitely something to tune into and, and worth keeping an eye on. Like I said, there's a lot of reasons there, but a lot, you know, well, the biggest one being like the transfer portal QB narrative. And I think he's one of the top names at the list right now. For sure. Um,
0: all right, let, let's get into uh, our big kind of talking point here tonight, uh, and that's players that we think are probably going to stay for another year. And I think this is important for a couple of reasons. Obviously, one, if you were hoping one of these guys was going to, in, to move up to your NFL squad and be you know, a valuable asset on that side, um, it, it has an impact there, but it also can at times have a huge butterfly effect on a succession plan standpoint You know, uh, we're going to talk about Quinn Ewers first here. Quinn Ewers stays. Malik Murphy transfers. What does Arch Manning do? Where does Malik Murphy go? What is it if Malik Murphy does go to Washington, which is what you know so many people want so badly? What does that do to Austin Mac? You know, and that's just you know, does Austin Mac go somewhere? Does that throw somebody else off? So many different potential. Uh, you know, future CFF college side of your league implications. So I think these things are fun to kind of evaluate. And this isn't like whether we we necessarily think they should go back, but just kind of looking at, you know, what's happened so far this year. Has there been a lot of draft buzz around them? Sometimes it's hard to guess, but we're going to give it a shot here. So let's start with Quinn Ewers, Colin. I'm just going to toss it right to you. I think if not for the shoulder injury, he might've come out. But I think the shoulder injury was the last kind of nail in the coffin here.
1: You agree? Yeah, I definitely think it was the last nail in the coffin. Uh, the the big thing with Ewers though is he hasn't looked that great either outside of that Alabama game and you know a couple of sporadic drives here and there. Um, I, he had definitely lost his grip on the number three QB in this class, if he ever had it. In my mind, he did. I was still on the Queen Ewers you know, QB three bandwagon here. Uh, I have since, you know, backed off of that. I'm not uh, ready to say he's not going to be a first rounder when he comes out, but I would put it at more likely he's a a day two guy at this point in time, uh, just because of how he's looked this year. So I think he has to come back even before the shoulder injury. But like you said, that's kind of like the nail in the coffin. And then like you touched on where does that, you know, how do the dominoes fall after that? I think with Arch Manning, I think he'll probably stay. He's had his choice of suitors. He could have really gone anywhere. And I'm sure he probably was expecting Quinn to have a big year and then probably leave. But I don't think there's anything wrong with a freshman quarterback sitting two years, you know, or a quarterback sitting two years there. He's going to redshirt, so he'll maintain some eligibility. And I'm not overly worried about him yet at this point. Malik Murphy gone. Where's he going to go? How the dominoes going to fall from that? You brought up Washington. I think I would treat Austin Mack the same way I would Arch Manning, where if Malik Murphy does go there. What? Well, that's bold. (laughs) From this perspective. I know what you're saying. (laughs) um, I I would treat him in the same way in that I wouldn't worry that much about it. Uh, I think Austin Mack reclassifying and he probably – Needs a second year there. Like if he doesn't start any games next year, I'm not that worried about it. Uh, So uh, this is definitely the biggest domino is Quinn Ewers coming back. And that's going to have a ripple effect there. But Quinn Ewers also loses a a fair amount of his weapons from this year. We assume. Um, I think Jonathan Brooks is going to go to the NFL. I think Xavier Worthy is going to go to the NFL. Jatavian Sanders and then probably 80 mitchell i i don't I, he's probably a little closer to 50 50 for me but that really just leaves like john T. cook i mean deandre I, moore jr
0: I, I can tell you right now that there's a zero percent chance xavier worthy's back at texas next year Zero. Yeah. Zero percent mitchell will be interesting sanders will be gone brooks will be gone
1: yeah so so quinn's gonna have to, to step up without a lot of these really strong weapons next year if and when he comes back this is all you know guesswork but i do think
0: that texas there's a very strong chance that they're active in the portal for a wide receiver yeah um just to round out the group if i had to guess um and i I think even if they're gonna have to fight penn state for him (laughs) man no that's a different discussion different different discussion um I don't know what wide receiver is going to really want to go to Penn State. Um, All of them. but that, Devin that, Carter. It's a completely different discussion. Um, I, You were just talking about, you know, does does Murphy go – does it make Murphy go somewhere else? Does Arch Manning go somewhere else? I can tell you right now that Arch Manning and the Mannings have literally no fear of Malik Murphy. If they did, they wouldn't have sent Arch Manning. <laughs> I can just tell you that right now. Whether that's right or wrong, they, they don't think that that's an obstacle so and i do think if if murphy were to do exactly essentially what he did this past week the game will be a lot closer because keaton slovis was twice as bad as malik murphy i don't think will howard and avery johnson will will quite be that bad It'll, it'll be much closer but i think you there there is a chance we see arch there's not enough games left for him to blow that red shirt until Quinn comes back, I could very well see him in the second half one of these games if Murphy is not playing well.
1: Interesting. You, you think he actually is going to get
0: on the field? Yeah, I do. Okay. If Murphy plays the way he did this week. I don't know that they'll throw him in cold against Kansas State. Yeah. Uh, and I don't actually know, real quick, what's Texas's upcoming schedule. They have TCU the week after that. It's hard to be bad against TCU. Then Iowa State which is actually might be a little bit of a tricky game because Iowa state has been tough lately. They, they've really kind of uh, you know, banded together as a group with all the the issues there this year. Um, and then Texas tech the last week who has a decent defense but their offense with all the injuries has just been terrible. So yes, I could see arch in one of those games um, quite frankly. Okay. Um yeah, if yours comes back, I think it'll be really interesting. I don't think it will help his stock
1: at all. Even though how bad that twenty twenty five quarterback class is looking now, because it's like you're you just moved Connor Wigman up to your QB one in that
0: class. Yeah, no, no that... I didn't just do that. That happened like week okay,
1: two. You That's moved right. you moved Connor Wigman to your QB one in that class. Do you feel that great about his NFL potential, or is it more of just like? the rest of the landscape.
0: I think in the past few years the NFL has been has really not been forcing quarterbacks when they don't have to, especially like early. So I just think like if there's a legitimate chance that all we have three guys on the list here that that all, that could go back and yours Carson Carson baxter Sanders. All those guys go back and then you have the Alar, Klubnik, Wegman, whoever else. I don't think the NFL is going to force those guys, you know, as like, you know, the 101 or even top five guys if they don't have to. I just don't, I don't think they will. So um, I don't know that you were, and like you don't get extra money because you're the first quarterback off the board. Like even if it's, you know, you go at the 114 or whatever, like, oh, congrats. You actually, you get this really cool award. Like there's, it's no such thing. So I, I don't know that him going back will help him in a, another year. I think if he doesn't, the risk for a lot of these guys is that if you don't improve, it's your stock is going to go down. And for the rest of the guys on this list, Beck and and Shador, like I don't I think there's a very low chance that Beck would would be worse or like I think he'll look at worst like exactly the same because Georgia has enough around him. I don't know that, like, if, like, I, I don't know, I don't know, I, I I really don't know that it's a good thing for Quinn Ewers if he were to go back. But I think he's going to. I agree with you. I I think he does. I
1: don't see how it's, I don't see how it's a worse thing for him. That's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't know that his stock is going to get any worse next year. If I think just on the raw tools, he feels like a a round three quarterback at minimum.
0: Well, what are the raw tools though? Like, I, I agree, he's got like an effortless arm, but it's not like he's, you know this if if he's not anthony richardson no no. who some people looked at last year and said like this guy's completing like less than 60 percent of his passes but he's six four two thirty and runs a four four like they're they're not saying the same things about quinn ewers he's not running a four four and he doesn't you know he's not six four two forty like i i i think there has if that if that line of growth is not going upward for him next year even if it's flat i think that's a really bad thing for him i think that will kill his value
1: yeah, I mean, he needs to get better inside of structure. I still think he performs well, uh, you know. But I, I, we'll we'll see how it ends up next year with another year in that Sark o- offense. He shot himself in the foot by leaving high school early. He shouldn't have done that. Yeah. To go to Ohio State. Yeah. For what? For what? money. For money. Yeah. Well, yes, I know it was a rhetorical what. Like Sometimes what? Would you don't know things? So I just wanted to make sure sometimes i know things sometimes i don't so it's really a coin flip with you it really is (laughs)
0: um all right well let's just talk about carson Beck then at georgia you know i think the the qb1 qb2 are pretty well wrapped up but he's been getting a lot more hype the past couple weeks uh because georgia has had to open up the offense a little bit more um i i i don't really know i mean i have I come around fully on Carson Beck? I wouldn't say come around. Um, I think I came into the year with him in the QB 40s range, or right around QB 50. It might have been right around QB 50 now. I think I have him at like QB 32 or something like that. Um, he's definitely not a bad player. Um, I, I just like – I don't – I don't know what he does at like a super high level. He's pretty good in like intermediate passes, but like I, I don't I, I don't know what 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 does Carson Beck do amazingly well at this point. I, he's consistent. He's yeah. really consistent, which I think does matter quite a bit.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what I was gonna say. I think he's just you know exactly what you're you're getting with him, and if next year's class ends up being like the Kenny Pickett class, then I. Could see him being the Kenny Pickett of that class, where they're just like, "Well, we we know what we're gonna get with him here, and we're just gonna we're gonna take him because we need somebody at the quarterback position uh, towards the end of the first round." And he'll just be a league average or below league average quarterback for a while. I think that's like his that's the path that I see him on currently. Is he a worse no? prospect than Mac Jones? no not definitively i mean mac jones really i think uh, mac jones really benefited from those wide receivers uh around him you know that that was like a historically good wide receiver room which you know obviously cd lamb's really the only one who's uh, or not cd lamb uh devonta smith um is really the only one who and waddle are, are are still doing well judy's kind of disappointing rugs obviously uh what happened with him? We know that one. But I think Mac really benefited from that room. Beck doesn't really have those same options. So I think you could rationalize it in that way where he might even be slightly better of a prospect than Mac Jones. But I, I don't think Mac Jones does anything definitively better than Beck does. It's so weird because like, you try to
0: use some of these guys as like a barometer and like, it's just, like, Mac Jones shouldn't have been a first-round quarterback. And so then it's like, well, this guy is not a worse prospect. And it's like, well, is somebody going to be dumb enough to do what the Patriots did that year? I mean, maybe.
1: maybe well, yeah, look at Daniel some-
0: Jones. <laughs> is somebody stupid? Like, the Steelers pick was stupid. I mean, I can say that as a Steelers fan. Kenny Pickett was just a waste of a pick. I, I, so, I mean, I get, I, I, I could see yours. I could see back. I could see Sanders all going first round right now. Do I think any of them deserve to go first round? No, I would say no. I think they all would fit firmly on day two. Cause I don't know. You point to anything in their body of work so far and you can say, what has this guy done? That's been like NFL quality. I just don't know. Like starting NFL quality. I don't I know. I think,
1: I think the biggest problem is There's how many quarterbacks can we say that about right now in in college football that are starting NFL quarterback quality it it's a list of like two maybe three ish I mean I I don't really put Penix McCarthy up there yet. Um, Are they going to get drafted like that I don't know we'll see. Um, But I think they both have their warts and i think a lot of these quarterbacks have their warts. So it's it's hard to say like you said, do they deserve it? No, probably not. Are they going to go there? It's hard to say at this point in the first round.
0: If Beck goes back, what do you think it means for some of the quarterbacks there? Um, you know Brock Vandergrift's there. He's now been there 2 years. <laughs> Next year would be his 3rd year without pl- he actually did get a snap this week i saw.
1: Um oh, good for him.
0: Yeah. Um Gunnar Stockton What does Gunnar Stockton do? Because I do think he could probably go somewhere else and play. Uh, And they do have Dylan Rayola in. And I do think if Beck were to return and like that room clears out, it makes that succession plan so much cleaner to get to Dylan Rayola
1: than we would have had to kind of fight through some crap otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think if if Beck does return, I think you see Stockton and Vandergriff both leave. Um, Unless – Stockton pulls a Ty Thompson and just hangs out for a couple of years for whatever reason and doesn't want to necessarily be a starter anywhere else. I don't know. I mean, Stockton is from the state of Georgia. Vandergriff actually is too, right? I think they're both from the state of Georgia.
0: Um, uh, yeah. Vandergriff is. Yeah. Yeah. I know Stockton is. Yes. because uh, Didn't Stockton break
1: like the high school touchdown record or yeah, whatever that was held by like, yeah, Lawrence in Georgia yeah. or something like that. And Trevor Lawrence broke Deshaun Watson's. Yeah. 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 Um, So, yeah, I I think Gunnar Stockton and Vandergriff will leave unless they're whatever, for whatever reason, they're just diehard Bulldogs fans and just never want to leave the state of Georgia, which is is entirely possible. But you're right. That is going to make it a lot cleaner for Dylan Rayola. And they do also bring in Ryan Puglisi in that class as of right now. So... If something were to happen to Rayola, they do have like another like break glass in case of emergency option there. So it's not like they're just going to be, you know, embarrassingly thin at the quarterback position if Vandergriff and uh, Stockton both leave. So I don't think they're that worried about Stockton and Vandergriff leaving and going somewhere else.
0: I think Stockton's a pretty decent player. I think he could be a really, really fun fantasy player. I'd be interested to see if he were to leave. I, I have no inkling of where he would go. You know, just off the top of my head, like I think Auburn would be cool if he wanted to stay in the SEC, and that's not that far. I don't know where in Georgia he's from, and geographically, if you ask me how far, it, how long it takes to drive from one corner of Georgia to the other, I would have no effing idea. But <laughs> I know Auburn is like not that far away from Georgia because you get a lot of those guys out of Georgia to go there because it's relatively close. I could see that being really, really interesting for him. Um, I, I'm trying to think. Like, I, I think um, like any of the schools, the smaller schools that are basically not Texas in Texas, I think would be really, really interesting. Probably not A and M because Weigman has one more year. Um, but you know, like a, a TCU or you know, kind of a Texas Tech, like one of those like size schools, I think would be really interesting. Um, I don't know i feel like he could go to those kind of schools and be a pretty good player there
1: yeah i think so too i like stockton as a prospect there was definitely some things to work with there um you know so i i think he could be really fun depending on where he ends up uh and there are going to be teams that need quarterbacks like we talked about before so you know i i think he could be a a definitely a guy that you're going to be interested in for fantasy purposes on your cff side now is he going to be an NFL draft prospect? Like those chances are really slim now. Like if he hasn't really developed, but yeah, I mean, I I think um, Beck coming back is also going to cause a cascade of, of transfers and dominoes.
0: Uh, Last one is Shador Sanders at Colorado. And I still go back and forth on whether this one's actually going to happen or not, but they're insistent that, he is coming back next year because he's not, I forget how Dion, put, he's not second to anybody or, or something like that. Um. So let's assume for the minute that he is going back there. They're being truthful. Um. They, I think Xavier Weaver is out of eligibility.
1: He's been around for a really long time. He has, I think this is his fifth year out of school but I don't know red shirts and COVID and all that other kind of stuff. I, I will be so glad when the class of 2020 is gone and anybody who was in that and anybody who was in that group is gone because that COVID year of eligibility is just causing, it's just wreaking havoc.
0: I think regardless, you know, Travis Hunter will be back. What does his split look like? It seems like they're again, very uh, dug in on playing him the most, they, they possibly can uh, every game at both positions until he dies. Um, yeah. Xavier Weaver's done it for this year. J- Jimmy Horn has more eligibility as does Travis Hunter. And they actually have some pass catchers behind those guys that are, you know, interesting players. They've got a Miller who had that one big week. They have uh Tarvaris Dawson. Who's actually had a couple of decent weeks for them as well Albert this year. Transfer, right. Um, uh Yes. And then they've had some other guys run out there and catch some passes this year. Um, I think Giovanni Antonio is the other one. I think he's out of eligibility though, uh, but I, I've seen him running out there. Like they've they've got some guys there that 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 uh, are are fine. So I actually think wide receivers where they're okay. Um, they don't have anybody behind them, so it's not going to block another quarterback. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what Colorado looks like next year. Um, I don't know. I mean, any thoughts
1: on Shador returning? I mean, you say Dion's line was like, yeah, well, like not second to anybody or whatever, but I mean, if you you don't come out this year, aren't you kind of saying you're second to Caleb Williams? Or is he saying like for next year, he's not, (laughs) he's not second (laughs) to anybody. Uh, Well, he would have been first, but let let him tell you why he didn't come out that year. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I, I think he should come back. I think his dad pushing him to come back is going to be a pretty heavy you know factor in his decision if he doesn't come back colorado's in a lot of trouble with the quarterback position i they have like nobody behind him so well they'll, dip, they'll, they'll definitely
0: dip into the portal that's kind of what they do it's kind of their thing i don't know if you knew that or not Colin.
1: I, I i did it that was one of the things we talked about earlier that i i don't know things and i do know some things that was one of the things i don't i didn't know oh so okay. thank you okay well they do uh, they, they 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 like hit the portal Yeah. One of the things I do know is that the transfer portal is going to be pretty barren at the quarterback position this year. It's not going to be a ton of talent. I don't think I don't see any big names on the move uh, because a lot of them are leaving. So, you know, I don't know who they're going to get if Shador would leave, but I don't think he's going to leave. So it's a moot point. Uh, I think him coming back isn't necessarily going to help him though. Like how much more is he going to show in this offense that the NFL is going to look at and say, okay, yeah, I saw this. I, I saw more mobility this year than I did in 2024 than I did in 2023, or I saw him processing things better in 2024 than I did in 2023. I mean, I think this offense makes things simple for him. So I don't know how much he's going to gain by coming back, but I do think he will.
0: Yeah. He's kind of in the same the grouping we were talking about earlier, where it's like, you know, he's not 64 240 running a 4-4 and there's only so much uh you know improvement that a pocket passer a pure pocket passer, is going to do in college that is going to be uh impressive to scouts like at some point you know if you, how, how well do you work off scripts how well do you handle pressure those kinds of things I mean, they're, they're just, they just, you know, they're not saying they can't get better, but like coming out, they kind of are what they are. Like you, there's a, a certain cap there on that ceiling that you can't really expect uh, a player to go past. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think, I think we've, for the most part this season, i fair with Shador. I do feel bad watching him sit back there. Like I know he's taking a lot of sacks and I know that a decent portion of them are his fault. But I also think we're going to start approaching the territory where he's getting uh David card, which is like David Carr again, had a huge propensity for taking sacks and a lot of them were his fault. But at some point you just become so emotionally and mentally scarred from, from the pressure that you just start seeing ghosts back there. And not, we're not going to really address the uh, you know, is it right? Or is it wrong for what Dion said or what Pat Narduzzi said this weekend about, you know, kind of throwing your players under the bus, but I would love to know where he thinks he's going to get offensive linemen from in the yeah. portal. Because he, they got one today that Hayes Fawcett for some reason had to get involved with with this, this announcement. He's the 16th ranked offensive tackle in JUCO this year, coming coming out, which means there might even be some under his year under better than him. He's already flamed out of two power five programs. And he like, this is your guy.
1: Those this are is your king.
0: Gonna to have to get. There's not gonna be. You're gonna get castoffs and rejects at Colorado. That's just what you're gonna get. You're not like the the best offensive linemen are going to go if there's any in the portal to Georgia. You know, Florida, Florida State, Alabama, Auburn. Like maybe you know if there's from the Midwest, Ohio State, Michigan, Oregon. Those are the schools are gonna to go to. They're not going to go to Colorado. So I'd love to hear where this offensive line is going to magically get better in a year from. It's not going to be significantly better next year. I feel pretty comfortable saying that. And there's no magic coach that you can go out and get these guys like you know in, to you know to improve that much as well. If there was, everyone would go get those coaches. That's not a thing.
1: No, I I agree. I don't know where they are going to get the improvement on the offensive line. I don't know where they're going to get the improvement on the defense either. So. He's going to probably continue to put up video game numbers. So if you have him in a C2C league, you're going to love Shador Sanders next year um, again. But I, yeah, I I think he'll ultimately come back, but I don't know how much better of a situation it's going to be. I don't know how much better he's going to, how much more he's going to improve his stock. I think really the only thing you can say is that 2024 lacks a a QB one right now, especially from like the media perspective, because, you know, I, I don't know who the media is going to end up hyping up as a 2025 QB1. Um, I'll be really interested to see that as well, because, you know, as soon as the draft is over, we're going to get next year, we're going to get there f- two way too early 2025 mock drafts or whatever. And there's going to be like six quarterbacks in there like Emery Jones, and we're never going to know Yeah, who, who's, <laughs> who's the worst quarterback that we're going to see in way too early mock drafts for next year. For sure. Oh, man, man that's. That's tough because um, there's there, there, there's definitely going to be some in that group. I, I feel like Dylan Gabriel may even get a little bit of hype because he has another year he could come back. Oh, he's um, definitely going to come back.
0: I think that's going to be fascinating. We didn't put him on the list tonight, but what yeah. are they going to do there with him and Jackson Arnold?
1: Yeah. Um, man, I yeah, I don't know. <sighs> Who else are we looking at here that could be in that group?
0: Um, I you know I hear Jalen Daniels I think will be one Jalen yeah, from yeah. Kansas Jalen not to crap on Jalen Daniels because I think he's a fine college quarterback, but he's small he's got a back issue <laughs> he can't stay healthy uh and he's at Kansas Jalen Daniels is not going to be a first round draft pick I'm pretty good about predicting that
1: one you ready for it I got it now oh okay Haynes King. After the See year he's that? having this year, he bounced back. He's resilient <laughs> at Georgia balanced. Tech.
0: He's obviously a smart kid because he got into Georgia Tech.
1: Yeah, coach's kid too. Coach's
0: yeah. kid. Yeah, that's a good one. That is that is a good <laughs> one. Um, I'm trying to think if I can think of any off the top of my head that would top it really quickly, and I I don't think I have one because um, there's so many quarterbacks leaving college this year that are better. There done. really are. Like any 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 mediocre college quarterback that you can think of is probably leaving this year.
1: Uh, Ethan Garbers. Oh my God. <laughs> no, you can't, you can't put him up there.
0: This, this, these are <laughs> some, some jackass put Emory Jones there though. I mean, it happened. Yeah, that's a, happens. Good point. a good point. Emory Jones is not even an NFL quarterback. Like just no,
1: <laughs> just saying. Uh, yeah. We have one other quarterback on this list. We do
0: we do and i didn't lump him with his other ones because i don't think he's gotten as much attention as them i think he's kind of been one of those uh you know under the radar trendy guys and that's riley leonard at duke now leonard has been hurt he didn't play at all this past week he tried to play the week before and reaggravated the injury that high ankle sprain uh i don't really know why they rushed him back because their season was pretty much already over by that point anyway um like realistically their season was over yeah. um I mean, he's he's big. He's got a solid arm on him. He's pretty mobile. Um, by any sort of rushing metric, he does pretty well. By any sort of passing metric, he looks awful. That's kind <laughs> of important for the NFL. Uh, he's a guy that I think should return, but not to Duke. Yeah. I think he should transfer elsewhere.
1: Yeah, I think he is uh, a big name that we could see hit the portal. Now, I could also see him like just being loyal to duke he just kind of gives off that vibe that like people tried to get him this off season
0: yeah so you know there maybe but maybe he also saw what happened this year
1: and said yeah that was this was supposed to be our year and you know yeah so well. yeah i i could it's i feel like it's like 50 50 whether he's gonna go into the portal or not um but i he'll ha- definitely have suitors he'll definitely have people who are who are after him um he feels like a michigan man unfortunately that feels like a landing spot for him that could be interesting because they need a a bridge
0: i think between jj if he were to leave this offseason and jaden davis who's kind of their next touted guy yeah that's an interesting one that is a really interesting one i could see
1: that yeah i i would hate that as a penn state fan but and and i I don't think i would like it that much if i'm a riley leonard fan either i don't know how much uh more he's going to do at duke or at at, at, uh michigan uh to help his draft stock but again just talk about like you know the 2025 quarterback classes looking very sparse well now i'm
0: just going to take that prediction as gospel okay riley leonard in 2024 will be playing at michigan
1: this is, this is noted. Okay. Chris K is gonna have a comment if if he listens to this one. I don't know. I don't know if he listens every week or not. I don't think he does because there was a joke it, we made in the uh, at his in, expense? In, no, 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 not, no. No, 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 not oh. no. Um, there was a joke in the Slack chat that about the Eugene Wilson thing, the whole thing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Which so I don't I don't think he listened
0: to last week's episode. That's fair. That's fair. Um, all right, a couple of the names here on the list, a couple of running backs. I know there's a lot been a lot of discourse lately about Raheem Sanders and whether he should go back or not. Sanders has not been healthy at all this year, and when he has been on the field, he's not looked very good at all. He reportedly ballooned to 240 plus pounds. Um, Arkansas is kind of a dumpster fire right now. They fired their offense coordinator. I think they did that it kind of as a last ditch effort for um, sam Pittman to keep his job as the head coach there um what happens with quarterback next year you know th- this whole team could kind of fall apart in one off season so you know does he return and if he does is it at arkansas or does he try to go somewhere else i think it's going to be the interesting and i think i've, heard, I've seen people say well when does it work out for running backs to go back to like rehab their stock it's happened plenty of times Do we not remember Najee Harris and and Travis Etienne doing that two, three years Mm -hmm. ago? Yeah. Like, it does happen, and guys are successful. Like, I feel like, you know, this year was just a lost year. Yeah, Zach Charbonnet. Like, this year's just a lost year for Raheem Sanders. Just admit it. He's not going to go before the fourth or fifth round at this point. Like, just go back and put the work in. Lose the weight. Get healthy. Come back next year on a better team and show everybody what you can do.
1: Yeah, he definitely feels like a candidate to come back. And transfer somewhere else, um, to me, and I know he's reportedly in Dallas right now. I know Jerry Jones is very connected with the Arkansas program, so I don't know if he's helping in any capacity with the rehab in Dallas, um, uh, which would make him kind of a it would make it would make Raheem Sanders a little bit of a jerk if he rehabbed on Jerry's dime and then left, uh, which I just find funny, but it he feels like. He feels like he's going to go somewhere else. He needs to go somewhere else. Um, I don't really have any great landing spot in mind, but I think he could really help a program wherever he ends up. Because I still believe in Raheem Sanders' talent from an NFL perspective. Like, is he going to be this like Bijan Robinson, the like, difference making type prospect? No. But I think he could be a very good running back. And I think he could be a very good fantasy running back at the NFL level. But he has to. Come back, lose that weight, rehab his stock at this point. Yeah,
0: um, I have a hard time picking out a location for him if he were to come back and transfer. Yeah. I think it's tough. Um, uh, a school in Texas, <laughs> he's from
1: the he's from the Arkansas area, right? He's from the south. I'm- I believe, yeah, he's from the South. I, I want to say it was like at Arkansas or Alabama, like one of those two. I'm not 100% positive on that one. Um, I know it's not Louisiana because I'm LSU in the program. So. Yeah, I know he
0: wasn't from Louisiana. I'm trying to think. <laughs> I'm pretty sure AJ Green is from Texas and they came out the same year. Uh, so now I'm just trying to think real quick here. I have it right here. He was from uh florida oh, I oh was florida. okay that's not there. oh and aj green's actually from oklahoma not texas so i was doubly wrong uh
1: so. maybe a florida state
0: move that was really good work oh that would be interesting that would be maybe interesting florida they love state. the portal they, mm-hmm. they dabble they dabble
1: yeah yeah i could see that i would i would like that i think i think i would too um
0: donovan edwards at michigan had himself uh not a great year and he has gotten some run so you can't even blame it on like you know injury otherwise unless there's just an unknown injury that we uh, have not been made aware of at this point he's i think all of the criticisms that you could have levied against him last year still hold true you know still undersized still not really a great runner between the tackles at some point again they these guys are not finished products when they come out of college But if you can't run between the tackles coming out of college, I think the odds of an NFL team being patient enough for you to figure that out in the NFL are probably not very high. So, you know, does he go back to Michigan, which he's clearly... I mean, there is a chance they would just be like, okay, we'll try to run with Donovan Edwards as the guy. But I don't think they want to. I think he almost has to go somewhere else if he wants to try to prove that he can do that.
1: Yeah, I think he might too. And I know I'm almost positive. I heard something out there about Donovan Edwards, basically saying like he was going pro after this year. Now, obviously things change and he did not, he's not having a very good year at all. Um, The Michigan running backs, have not been quite as efficient as we're used to, but he has been particularly poor in that regard. I, I do really feel like he needs to go somewhere else where they'll use him more creatively than than what Michigan does. Um I I don't have any great landing spot in mind. Um I feel he feels like a USC type of a guy maybe. Um not that I think that would be the best landing spot, but I think like USC's been active in the portal for running backs for several years. Um so I don't I don't have any great feel for whether he's even gonna come back at this point I would probably put it like 50-50 but if he does I think transferring would be his his best move.
0: Um, and I don't I don't have any good. I he's from Michigan, like so I don't I, mean, I don't know where else he would go, quite frankly. Does he stay in the Midwest? Does he just take the money? You know, he feels like a kind of guy that that could be at Oregon or something like that. They'll play some games in the Midwest. You know, they're moving to Big yeah, like Ten next year, true. so you know, could could that be a possibility? I, I don't know. I don't know. That also assumes that Bucky Irving leaves, and I think he has some time, but. If he's smart, he probably strikes while the iron's hot. I've seen some like draft accounts talking about Bucky Irving as the first running back off the board, and just how stupid would that be? I'm sorry, that would be absurd from an NFL team perspective if someone were to do that.
1: Yeah, he's he's undersized. He's not a great athlete. He's not a bad athlete. He's not a great athlete. He's a, uh, the teams,
0: the teams that he would fit in well on the the Jets, the the 49ers, and the Dolphins all have a guy.
1: Yeah.
0: And some of them have multiple guys. <laughs> I mean, I don't, <laughs> they're not going to waste a second round pick on the dude to be their third running back. It's just not going to happen. I don't, I don't know where else he'd go. I mean, I think we've seen like the best case scenario for a player like that not going to one of those three teams, like has been James Cook. And he hasn't even actually been that good. They had to go out and get Leonard Fournette today. Yeah. Um, like, cause he's been horribly average so i mean i i just don't i don't see him that, that happening at all quite frankly
1: yeah i don't either but i do think it would be not a bad idea for him to strike while they aren't hot like you said and just you know leave after this year It would also free up jordan james so
0: yeah it'd be interesting to see if they want to roll with james they kind of have three guys that are very similar on that roster at least james and Dowdle are and lamar Jaden lamar is kind of a <laughs> trying to he he's not really like an elusive guy like bucky and he's not really a thumper but i really don't know that i he's good enough to call him like an all around you know kind of just you know well rounded back like i just think he's kind of there Uh, i don't really think he's an oregon caliber
1: back yeah i i didn't really think dowdle was either to be honest i wasn't a big fan of dowdle i think james is solid though
0: let's put it this way i think i think it'd be really a stretch for either of them for long periods of time to be a fantasy relevant running back at oregon we'll see we'll see um they've done a very interesting job with the skill positions over the past couple of classes like just some made some really weird choices between like those guys and kyler casper and like Dickey is really the only one that I would have pointed to and said, like, that's a really good skill guy coming in. <laughs> I, I I don't know, uh, and I think he's I I think he's had some knee issues quite for you know wasn't wasn't really up to speed when he got there. So yeah, uh, you know I think that's that's part of the problem there. Uh, wide receivers we had a hard time thinking of any because I think yeah. a lot of the top guys this year. But this this is also a scenario where there's so many top guys that maybe one or two of them just say I'll go back. Yeah, they could surprise us, for sure. So, you know, maybe I'll I'll try to be the wide receiver one next year. Um, yeah. Kind of like the QBs are doing. Um, but you know, Jay Michael Certevant, that's the only guy we have down here at wide receiver.
1: Yeah, that was the only guy that I really, as I was combing through the list here, I was like, he needs to come back. Like, he's not having a very good year this year. That UCLA passing attack is a little bit of a mess right now with the, the quarterbacks kind of in flux and yo-yoing in and out. Um, it feels like he needs to come back. I, I, he he never really felt like a day two guy to me. He always felt more like a fourth rounder um because he's got good size, pretty athletic guy too. Um, you know, I, I just don't think he has anything that he hang, can hang his hat on. Him. It's like this is how he's going to win at the NFL level.
0: You're going to stick him on the boundary. You're going to work him like three or four different routes, maybe and that's it like he's really just kind of one of those guys that just kind of stays glued to the the perimeter of the field i can't see him being at at this juncture being the guy that's like super successful over the middle of the field um at least not like in like when we say middle of the field you know some guys running you know a deep post or something like yeah okay he's in the middle of the field but it's 45 (laughs) yards downfield like i'm talking like you know the 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 7 to 25 yard range like is he going to be catching anything in there in the middle of the field i'm not really sure and so that's kind of limiting from a uh you know what role can this guy play kind of perspective yeah not yeah. A bad was- but, i mean i think he's interesting for like you know a college receiver and i can see why a school like ucla he could be their leading receiver
1: yeah yeah he absolutely. isn't this year by the way <laughs> no is it logan lawyer i'm pretty sure it's Loya. Yeah. yeah yeah the only other wide receiver that i think I could potentially see coming back would be Brian Thomas jr. To try and be the wide receiver one there. But that just feels like a situation where Daniels is going to go. Neighbors is going to go. Thomas is going to go. I don't know about Diggs. Diggs is like a coin flip, but that feels like it's just going to kind of be a new offense next year. So I do think Brian Thomas jr. Is going to go and capitalize on the big, uh, Big year that he's having.
0: See, because I was thinking Thomas Junior could point at what Malik Neighbors has done for his draft stock this year and be like, "I think I could do that next year." I think I wouldn't rule that out. I would. I I think it's like, man, that's one of those ones I just don't really feel comfortable. Like, I'm kind of expecting him to leave personally, but in terms of like if I was giving somebody else advice, I'm not sure that I'd be like, "Oh yeah, he'll be back next year. Like, you know, he'll he'll be sitting on that roster and he'll have a really good year." Like, I would not feel comfortable saying that.
1: No. No, i would not either so you know that is what that
0: is um waiver wire colin i'll toss it to you here do you have any fun names that you're looking at this week i think you're just looking at like the leftovers of what we talked about from past weeks quite frankly if you're looking for like competitive help me out this week kind of guys it's it's getting kind of thin out there
1: yeah and like you said it's you know uh, jared uh and the natty they did a really great episode on here they also talked about some guys to look at for the future. So I don't feel like we necessarily need to cover that in this episode. Although if, if you know, throw a name out there would be Bullock, the running back at uh, South Alabama um, would be one of my top priority guys. If I'm looking towards the future, because the LaDamian Webb is, is out of eligibility. Like he's gotta be. Um, So, and that's a pretty, that's been a pretty productive uh, offense uh, for running backs there. So, I, I, he would be like the one name that I, I would throw out. Like if he's is still in the waiver wire, you're looking ahead to next year. I would feel pretty comfortable with him. The problem with looking too far ahead is the way that the transfer portal is nowadays. You never really know who's going to go where. But I feel pretty good that Bullock is going to stay and they're not going to bring anybody else in over Bullock because they do seem to really like him. He got a lot of buzz in the spring.
0: Uh, yeah, that's a good... Uh that's a good uh, name to toss out there <clears throat> um all right let's uh let's go into start sits and before I describe what starts now I'll describe what starts sits our first and then I'll talk about how we did last week which was um the worst we I had the worst week that we've that either of us have ever had on the show and Colin was not about 500 either so that was it that. was not our best week um this is our weekly start sits we pick 10 starts 10 sits each we do not share the names with each other beforehand. So we usually just how it works out, usually have, you know, a, a couple of guys that we both have, and that's okay. Um, we, uh, these are non-obvious names basically. So we're not going to tell you to start Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, we might tell you to sit Marvin Harrison Jr. And that would be
1: uh, fine, but yeah, uh, we're not going to tell you to start Eugene Wilson. We might tell you to sit Eugene Wilson, but the, the, the debate behind the scenes <laughs> on whether that was acceptable. Um there wasn't even a debate. I got I got trashed. I got flamed. As you should have. Hey man, scoreboard. Because
0: not, o- o- not only not only was it <laughs> a bad call that should not have been allowed, but then he actually played well. So not only were you wrong, but you also were like outside of the purpose of this segment. It was just it was all sorts of just bad it was all hey. sorts of bad
1: hey he's he's going to be the wide receiver one there now for that florida offense so he out targeted pierce Over- last Pearsol? week you think he out targeted him last week yeah i think that was more a
0: uh a uh like we gotta get the ball out of here grammar is gonna die type <laughs> thing but um you're never gonna take this that away from me but I mean he, we've been saying we said all off at least a lot of the offseason like you know Eugene Wilson is probably the most talented wide receiver there I mean quite frankly yeah. probably is I, I like Ricky Pearsall but I think Wilson's more talented um anyway. okay enough enough of that enough of that uh colin you always kick off our starts we go back and forth on these by the way so colin why don't you why don't you give your first name and then we'll we'll go from there
1: all right uh my first start this week uh i have elijah badger wide receiver for arizona state um he only had four targets last week but he also i did have four carries so they've been using him in a variety of different ways he's really the focal point of that offense uh they they go play, they play Utah this week, which sounds like a really tough matchup, but Utah's pass defense is vulnerable. Uh, they're 60th in um, pass yards per game allowed, 221.3. Uh, they're a much better run defense than they are pass defense. And I think this game overall is probably going to be low scoring because Utah can't really score that much on offense, but they'll limit it uh, Arizona State. But I just think the volume is going to be there for Badger this week. So – uh, I'm not scared off by the matchup. I'm still starting Badger. Interesting. I did consider him as a sit. Um,
0: and Ultimately, he did not make the list, I don't think. No, he's not on my list. Um, all right. My first one is Harrison Whaley against Colorado State. Whaley came back last week. and Didn't really do very much uh, for Wyoming in their matchup. They, they played Boise State last week, I believe. Is that correct? I yeah. Think that's right. mm-hmm. yes. uh, I think he had like 10 carries for 18 yards or something. Well, it wasn't great, but he gets Colorado state this week. They are uh, in Laramie in Laramie in Laramie. Yeah, it is. Um, so you probably you might not be starting a lot of the Colorado state guys either. Um, I don't have any of them down, but, uh, definitely a possibility there. Uh, but yeah, I think Whaley bounces back a little bit this week, another week to kind of get a little more healthy, um, against a, a really bad Colorado state rush defense.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a good call. Uh, my next start here is uh, Zion Chris, quarterback for UL. He's been a, a staple on either my starts or my sits a lot of weeks. Um, in his last two games, he has thrown for less than 150 pass yards, so he has struggled after a pretty hot start. But he has had double-digit rush attempts in five straight games, so they are still using him on the ground. He he'll take off. He's an absolute threat there on the on the ground to. You know, go for eighty to one hundred yards in any given week, and they get Arkansas State this week. Their defense is absolutely terrible across the board. You can you pick how you want to beat Arkansas State. Uh, they are they allow two hundred and sixty nine pass yards per game, which is one hundred twentieth. They allow one hundred eighty six point four rush yards per game, also one hundred twentieth, and thirty three point eight um, points per game, which is one hundred twenty first. Oh, I was hoping it was one hundred twentieth. I know, oh, I was back too. Back. Uh, but they're terrible in all of the the different efficiency metrics as well. So I think Zeon Chris is about to have a big game.
0: Okay. I'm starting Jalen Wright, the Tennessee, running back this week against UConn. Um, He's been their leading rusher generally over the course of the season, both from a volume and production standpoint. Uh, UConn's just so terribly bad Uh, defensively, and I think this is one of those where the game script is just very obvious how this is going to play out. So I like Jalen Wright this week.
1: All right, my next start is Emory Jones, quarterback for Cincy. Um, He has been thrown for under 200 passing yards in the last three games. Um, He doesn't have any rushing touchdowns in the last five games either, which is kind of surprising given his hot start to the year. Uh, But he does have double-digit rushing attempts in every single game this year, except for the very first one. And they get UCF this week. That's not a good... Uh, rush defense they are 129th in the country they allow 207.5 rush yards per game um, we've seen multiple mobile quarterbacks tear them up as well so i think this is an emery jones week
0: uh i am starting zion webb jacksonville state quarterback against south oh, carolina whoa. okay south carolina has been getting absolutely demolished by basically every quarterback they've seen over the past Five, six weeks, something like that. Webb has three 30-plus point performances in his last five games. Uh, It seems like Jacksonville State has kind of figured out what their identity is. Um, I I think he's going to give them some big problems this week. Uh, So, yeah, I I like Zion Webb. Okay. All right. I like that call. I like that call. This is why I went 5-14 last week, by the way.
1: (laughs) Uh, I am starting K Ron Adams, the running back for, um, Merrimack or for UMass. Um, they play Merrimack this week, FCS school, not a good team, I um, bet on last week and they totally crapped the bed. Uh, K Ron Adams, if you take out that Penn state game, which obviously UMass is just completely overmatched in that game. Uh, he scored in five straight games. And last week, he absolutely exploded against Army. 34 carries, 234 yards, and three touchdowns. I don't think we're going to see that type of a performance here, but over 100 yards, two touchdowns, very much in play here for, for Adams this week.
0: All right, I'm starting Seth Hennigan, which did not work out for me last week, but is going to work out for me this week against USF. USF has a bottom 10 pass defense in pretty much every single metric that you could possibly imagine. I think uh, potentially this game's a little bit of a shootout, which I think also helps a little bit. Um, I think it'll be a little less game scripty where they're just going to give Blake Watson the ball a bunch. Um,
1: So I like, I like Seth Hennigan this week. Interesting. Interesting. He might make an appearance for me later. Oh, bring it. Um, My next start is uh, Frank Gore Jr. Running back for Southern Miss. And last week, uh, you said that was bold, and I asked if that was a sarcastic bold or if you were serious, and you said it was serious. Uh, which, I mean, he he the prior two games, eight and six fantasy points uh, before last week, but he exploded against Appalachian State. Um, 247 yards, two touchdowns. And so he's the type of guy that is just very predictable when he's going to blow up. If it's a bad opponent, he's probably going to have a really big game. If it's a good opponent, he's probably going to have a terrible game. ULM is a terrible defense overall, all across the board. Pass defense is atrocious. The rush defense also terribly. They allow 177.8 rush yards per game, which is 111th. Uh, so this is another Frank Gore week.
0: Um. Well, I think, you know, I don't know if he's capable of putting two pack to back. So bold. Um. <laughs> I'm starting Reggie Brown this week against Georgia State he's been James Madison's leading uh, receiver over the past month or so has actually been uh, he has like 31 targets in their past three games or something like that he's been pretty productive with them had a nice week last week over 100 yards and a couple of scores uh Georgia State again just an awful pass defense um, so I, I like Reggie Brown this week
1: okay uh, I have Pafeli Ashlock the wide receiver for Hawaii um, he's been kind of up and down. Um, we thought he was going to have, we, uh, we kind of thought he might be like the lead guy in that Hawaii room this year has not really been the case. It's really been Steven McBride who I believe you had called and said he was the guy you wanted over Ashlock. Yeah, but then I the last week too. So, well, um, but, uh, Ashlock, the last five games, he's 14.7, 6.6, 19.8. and one fantasy point but he does average over nine targets per game over that stretch and they get a very soft matchup in Nevada this week uh who allows 282.8 pass yards per game which is 126 in the country uh this very much feels like a game where Hawaii's offense is is just gonna kind of let loose uh and I think Pafeli Ashlock will be a, a big beneficiary of that so I do like Ashlock this week I like McBride too for what it's worth but I think he's a little more obvious
0: I like Robert Lewis this week against Reggie Brown and those pesky James Madison Dukes. Uh, James Madison is basically a defensive funnel toward their pass. Um, they give up quite a few yards there every single week. And Robert Lewis has been, uh, again, I think he's got 29 targets in their past three games. Uh, the volumes there, I think the the, the this game's not... I don't think it's going to be like a, a shootout shootout, but I do think that both teams are going to score some points here. Um, so I, I like Lewis this
1: week. Okay. Um, I have Dylan Johnson running back for Washington as my next start here. Um, outside of the game against Arizona State, which was oddly close. Uh, Washington did not look great in that one, but uh, he is a Dylan Johnson as a touchdown in four straight games. Uh, he has 10, 16, 28, and 18 carries in his last five. Uh, so he has been becoming a bigger part of that offense. And they get USC this week. USC allows uh, 198 uh, rush yards per game, which is 120, 106th in the country. They just got absolutely gashed by Jaden Ott. Uh, you, you, Washington and USC is going to be a really interesting game. I do think it is going to be really high scoring. Uh, But I could see Washington running on USC's defense and trying to keep the ball out of Caleb Williams' hands a little bit. Uh, So I think uh, Dylan Johnson is going to have a big game.
0: Uh, Okay, interesting. Uh, I'm starting Jalen Moss this week, the Fresno State freshman against Boise State. Over the past month, Jalen Moss has the most targets, receptions, and receiving yardage on Fresno State. And Boise has just been destroyed against the pass. Basically, any competent pass offense they've come up against this year. Um, I think Mikey Keen is going to be is like is fine here moving forward. I, I am not really downgrading the receivers at this point uh, due to his health at all. So uh, I like Jalen Moss this week. And by the way, just those numbers real quick: twenty-seven targets, seventeen receptions, two hundred forty-four yards, and he has one touchdown. I think a couple guys have two, so he's you know, tied for
1: whatever position that is. I also have Jalen Moss. Oh, this okay. week. Uh yeah, like you said, soft matchup and he really has been leading the team in targets. Uh over the last 3, 11, 7 and 11 targets. Okay, then.
0: Uh I'm starting CJ Donaldson against BYU cuz they can't stop a, you know, a cold. They're terrible. So, is that?
1: I also actually do have CJ Donaldson as well. Um uh, we just saw them compliment. get we just saw them get absolutely lit up uh by Jonathan Brooks. So, he didn't even have 100 yards, dude. I thought he... Had, well, no, they spread the ball around. And he had 16 I'm pretty sure. Savion Red had some carries in there, too. Baxter had some.
0: All right. I'm starting Jarquez Hunter against Vanderbilt. You're not? You're
1: I'm not. I don't there. have that. Okay. You can go okay. ahead. You sounded like a question. I was, I was shaking my head no.
0: Um, I, Hunter had really was... Disappointed at the beginning of the year, but the past couple of weeks, he's actually picked it up. There, he's getting the bulk of the carries, he's seeing a little bit of receiving work. I believe he has eight receptions total in his past three games, giving him a, a decent receiving floor there. Uh, so, I like him in this matchup. You know, I think game scripts going to be
1: in his favor as well, which never hurts. Uh, my last start is uh, DJU quarterback, Oregon State. Uh, they play Colorado this week. Colorado's pass defense absolutely terrible. Uh, 310.4 pass yards allowed per game, which is 132nd in the country. Uh, they are 8th worst in defensive pass success rate. Uh, they are 14th worst in defensive pass EPA per play. Uh, DJU actually has multiple passing touchdowns in, in three straight games, including five uh, against Cal. So you can run all over. Uh, Colorado too, so I could see DJU getting like a touchdown on the ground, uh, maybe like forty to fifty yards rushing or something in that vein. But I think he throws for for several touchdowns in this game.
0: Uh, last one for me, and uh, so you can tell me if you think this one is is out of line. It's out, but line. I'm I'm Obligious. not expecting Darius Taylor to play, so that's why I think this is a fair game. Whatever running back starts for Minnesota, you start out this week. Go pick up that Newbin guy or whatever the hell his name is. If if Zach, you've got Zach Evans and Terry Taylor doesn't play, start him. Just start with whichever one of these dudes is in the backfield because it apparently doesn't matter. Whoever's there, I could be back there and I'd probably get 150 yards. It just doesn't. It doesn't freaking matter.
1: Uh, no, I don't think that's out of line. Um, I considered also saying start whoever the starting running back is for. Uh, for for Minnesota so not out of line
0: all right Colin Nate, you name your 10 on name mine 10 and then we'll move on to the uh the sits here
1: all right I have Elijah Badger wide receiver Arizona State Zeon Chris quarterback Louisiana Emory Jones quarterback Cincy K Ron Adams running back UMass Frank Gore Jr running back Southern Miss Pafeli Ashlock wide receiver Hawaii uh Dylan Johnson running back Washington cj donaldson running back west virginia jalen moss wide receiver fresno state and dju quarterback oregon state
0: all right let's move on to the sits here you're not going to read yours Uh, no i don't feel like it i forgot okay harrison whaley running back wyoming jalen wright running back tennessee zion webb quarterback uh jacksonville state seth hennigan quarterback memphis Reggie Brown, wide receiver JMU, uh, Robert Lewis, wide receiver Georgia State, Jalen Moss, wide receiver Fresno, CJ Donaldson, running back West Virginia, Jarquez Hunter, running back Auburn, and then whatever Minnesota running back starts, Minnesota. All right. Uh, sits, Colin. I lied. Elijah Badger is on my list, Nine ain't starting him this
1: week. So oh We're going to have a battle. Yeah, apparently maybe two battles. Yeah, that's what I mean. We're going to have two battles now. Um, I am not sitting. I'm not starting Seth Hennigan. I'm sitting Seth Hennigan, quarterback for uh, Memphis. They get USF this week. USF's defense is bad. Totally agree. Pass defense, 128th and pass yards allowed per game. Uh, they're 85th in rush yards allowed per game, 124th in points allowed per game. But this defense is so bad that I think you could really do whatever you want. And the past couple weeks, weeks, uh, they've been running the ball uh, more than they have been throwing it. And I, I feel like we're going to see that trend continue. Uh, Blake Watson could be the, uh, I think Blake Watson has a very real shot to be the RB1 this week. And maybe, depending on your league scoring, the top play- scoring player this week, I think he's going to tear up USF. And Seth Hennigan has 20 or less fantasy points in three straight games. Uh, and he only has three total touchdowns in the last two games. So he hasn't been great. What's that? Uh, all, all I heard you just say is he's
0: due. That's all I heard. <laughs> <laughs> fair, uh, fair enough. I am sitting – where did my list go? I'm sitting Will Howard against Texas this week. Is that, that terribly bold? I, I think – I actually think we see mostly Will Howard Um. Mm-hmm because I think some of the Avery Johnson stuff they do is a little bit of a luxury that they're not necessarily going to have. Um, I think they struggle to sustain drives against this Texas front seven, who has been pretty good the past few weeks.
1: Yeah, I agree. I also have Will Howard as a sit this week. Uh, he was a start for me last week, um, but I, I don't trust him against this this Texas defense. Uh, it's a very strong unit.
0: I'm sitting Jade Knott, and this one is, might get marked out because of injury, but there's been no news at all about what his injury is, so I'm not exactly sure yet, but regardless, against Oregon. and I actually went back today and watched the first half of the USC game, um, and like, in fairness to him, he's he's a pretty explosive athlete, and once he got out in the open, there was nobody catching him. But for the most part, he's also just running through wide open holes, which only he can, you know, only anybody can do against USC. Like, it's just anybody could do it. Um, so I uh, think last week, a little bit of a mirage, and teams are going to see that USC was on the other sideline and think that, that that must mean that USC's got a good, you know, I can't believe he did it against USC. Yeah, USC's rush defense is awful. So uh,
1: long story short, yeah, sitting Jade not this week against Oregon. Yeah, I'm also sitting Jade Knott against Oregon this week. Um, he has 188 yards against North Texas, 165 yards against Arizona State, and 153 yards against USC, and no other games over 85 yards, and two of those games were under 50 yards. So very, very matchup dependent. And like you highlighted, Oregon is a is a very good defense. Uh so i would and run defense as well they they're 13th in the country in rush yards allowed per game 95.6 so not a jade not matchup this week
0: i'm sitting quinch judkins against texas a&m <laughs> apparently colin also is uh in the month of october texas a&m has been just absolutely shut down on defense and rush defense they've given up like rush, yeah 70 something yards per game or something like that uh i i think um i actually think the way to beat them is through the air uh so i think this is gonna be a little more of a jackson Dark game uh not that he's a guy that i'm like itching to start in this matchup either but I, i'm sitting Judkins.
1: yeah also sitting quinshawn judkins and just to underscore how good texas a&m's rush defense is Um, They allow 96.1 rush yards per game on the season, which is 14th in the country, but they have been much better in the month of October. Like you said, they are fourth best in defensive rush success rate and second best in the country in defensive rush EPA per play. And Judkins has turned it on lately, um, but he did start the season slow. So I, I'm not starting Judkins this week.
0: Um, All right. I'm sitting LaQuinn Allen versus Boston College. Um, This one's a little bit of a gut play because Boston College doesn't have an amazing rush defense. I just think the Syracuse team might have given up. Yeah, I believe it. So I'm a little worried to start Allen uh, at all, and I'm I'm not touching Garrett Schrader anymore either.
1: No, no, I'm not either, which is um, unfortunate because I had a league where I'm – like I've been out of the playoffs for a while and I've been trying to sell my seniors and I can't sell him for anything. Uh, so I'm just going to have to let him ride and die on my bench, but it is what it is. Um, my next sit is Darren Granger quarterback, Georgia State. Uh, they get James Madison this week. James Madison's rush defense. Very good. Uh, they are first in the country in rush yards allowed per game, forty-eight point four. Rush they've done that the
0: past game. two years. Like they were also like that last year, right? Like you could basically you couldn't run, you could pass all over them, but you couldn't run on them.
1: Yeah, yes, yeah. they've been a they've been a run funnel defense the last two years or pass funnel defense. But uh they are first in defensive rush success rate and seventh in defensive rush EPA per play and. Like we saw last week with Darren Granger, just not a great passer. He had that back-breaking interception against Georgia Southern. Um, so if you take his legs away, his fantasy value goes out the window. I, I'm not advocating to sit Marcus Carroll either. You probably don't have a better option, but I don't feel good about the him. I just didn't have the balls to put him on this list.
0: Yeah, because I could
1: see him getting like four
0: receptions too for like 20 yards, which you know just goes a long way toward the, the start yeah. sit numbers that we do um i'm sitting cody schrader against georgia that's it (laughs) that's very explanatory i I didn't have i didn't have the guts to to talk about to say sit Luther Burger or anything brady cooks 50 50 but schrader i'm definitely not playing
1: yeah i uh i strongly considered saying schrader as well i thought i saw something about him being injured um did he play last week
0: Oh, if he did, then I I I did not look and see that. I, I can go back and uh I'm not 100% sure if I have to. to
1: yeah, I'm quick. not 100% sure on that. He might have um or maybe they were on buy last week or something. I don't know. Uh but I felt like he was banged up at some point, so I didn't and I didn't look into it any further than that. So, I did not put him on the list, but I strongly considered it.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Um uh my that's... sits next. You just you just went you're right sorry
1: sorry we were I talking about my gone.
0: guy and then i just got out of, i got out of control i'm sorry
1: it's all right uh i'm sitting jacob Cowan, wide receiver arizona uh half of his touchdowns this year came in one game against usc which is four uh he has 11 fantasy points in back-to-back games i think at us ucla this week ucla's run defense is very good um Their pass defense is also good as well. They only allow 214.4 pass yards per game, uh, which is 46th in the country. Uh, They're pretty middle of the pack in terms of the efficiencies. Uh, They're like upper middle of the pack. Like like they're 30th in um, defensive pass EPA per play uh, and right around there as well for uh, defensive pass success rate. So that's a tough matchup. And I don't think Jacob Cowan gets in the end zone. So he's tough to trust. I'm sitting his teammate, Ted McMillan. Ooh, that's a little, that's bolder. All right. I don't disagree for,
0: with it, And not necessarily like uh, for the the similar, you know, defensive opposition. They, they gave uh, Shador and co a pretty tough time last week. Granted, I think Arizona is more equipped to deal with their pass rush than Colorado was, but it's still a pretty tough unit. They got to get the ball out quick. And Tet doesn't really do a ton of the quick hitting underneath stuff. So unless they're kind of just saying F it and chucking it up as the pressure comes in, I, I think he's in for a bit
1: of a long week. All right. I am sitting Cameron Scadabo, running back Arizona State. Um, I Like I highlighted, Utah's rush defense is much better than their pass defense. Um, they're eighth in the country in rush yards allowed per game with 86. Um, they're top 10 in the – um Defensive rush success rate, and um, just outside in defensive rush EPA per play, I think they're in like the twenties. Um, but Cameron Scadipo's carries have also declined the last two weeks. He only has eleven uh, each of the last two weeks, so uh, I'm not I'm not trusting him this week.
0: All right, I am sitting. Oh, Where'd my list go here? I'm sitting uh, Evan Stewart this week. I said start him last week, and then uh, Ania Smith was the one who ended up going off. I just like I I guess I've just given up. Like I, I I just think that Johnson and him don't have a great connection for whatever reason, which feels weird to me because he isn't like a you know he's not Romeo Dunze who's not necessarily always getting a ton of separation. You're kind of just like trusting him to come down with a ball that you're putting near a DB like that. It's not Stewart's game, so I don't really know what the issue is here, but he's not really performed that well since Connor Wegman went down. So sitting Evan Stewart and probably
1: am for the rest of the season, sadly. Sad. Definitely sad. Uh, I am sitting Brian Thomas Jr., uh, wide receiver LSU. Uh, He, the last three weeks, has had three, three, and five targets. He's really been living and dying all year by these long touchdowns. And the volume has even dropped off the last three weeks. And then they get Alabama this week. Uh, Alabama is they allow 197.6 pass yards per game, which is 29th in the country. They're 25th in defensive pass EPA per play, and then fifth in defensive pass success rate. Uh, I think this is going uh, to be this is going to be this is going to be a tough matchup for for LSU on offense and be really interested to watch this game. It should be a really good one, but I can't roll Brian Thomas junior out there this week.
0: All right. Uh, I'm sitting Jamal banks again this week. Um, I don't know what the quarterback situation going on. He's not getting a ton of targets every week. He hasn't had more than, I think like 57 yards in like six or seven weeks or something like that. He's entirely touchdown dependent. I'll take that bet anytime. I'm sitting Jamal Banks this week against Duke, by the way, who is also a pretty good
1: defense. So. It's a little soft. It's a little soft. I'll call you out on that one. Um, but it's all right. Colin, you, I you said to win. start Zion Webb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you said mean, to sit Tett Tech, Tech McMillan. So yeah. I won't make you find another one. But I'm, see, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, trying to a dig a little, little deeper. You know, no, no surface level here.
0: We're, we're better than that.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. A little soft. Um, i'm starting i'm sitting uh donovan smith this week um they go up against baylor uh who is, allows 204.1 pass yards per game which is 37th uh they're middle of the pack in uh efficiencies impact in, in the pass efficiencies there uh, but donovan smith the, that experiment has just been so up and down this year i mean you get weeks where he's putting up 35 fantasy points last week against Uh, kansas state he put up one fantasy point uh so i mean the volume might be there because he's thrown for 40 times in three of the last five games um but it's just a tough matchup and i have a hard time trusting him so i'm not rolling out donovan smith this week
0: i'm also sitting donovan smith and i just have like no more trust here in him at all like you said it's just it's 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 been pretty ugly the past couple of weeks. I watched about half of that game this week and then just had to turn it off because it just wasn't enjoyable to watch, um, which is why I'm actually kind of worried for what they're going to do to Malik Murphy this week, like in terms of giving him trouble um, as, as an in, inexperienced quarterback. But, yeah.
1: Uh, I am sitting Joe Milton this week. Uh, that's a really soft matchup against UConn. Uh but like you highlighted there, they're they're a terrible, uh terrible rush defense. Um they're pass defense, and it's probably more along the lines of you know, they you can run all over them, but um in pass defensive pass success rate, they're 14th um best in the country. So I, I just don't think they're gonna need Joe Milton to throw a ton this week. Uh the obviously the the, the worry there is that they run the score up on them. But uh, this honestly could be a game where we see a little bit of Nico. Yeah,
0: Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, all right. I think that that's 10 for both of us. Um, so I've got Elijah Badger, uh, wide receiver, Arizona state, Will Howard quarterback, uh, Kansas state, Jade, not running back. Cal Quinchon Judkins running back. Ole miss LaQuint Allen running back. Syracuse Cody Schrader running back. Missouri. Uh, Ted McMillan, wide receiver, Arizona. Evan Stewart, wide receiver, Texas A&M. Jamal Banks, wide receiver, Wake uh, uh, Forest. And Donovan Smith, quarterback, Houston.
1: Uh, I have Seth Hennigan, quarterback, Memphis. Jaden Ott, running back, Cal. Darren Granger, quarterback, Georgia State. Uh, Jacob Cowling, wide receiver, Arizona. Cam Scadabo, running back, Arizona State. Will Howard, quarterback, Kansas State. Brian Thomas, Jr., wide receiver LSU, Donovan Smith, quarterback Houston, Quinshon Judkins, running back Ole Miss, and Joe Milton, quarterback Tennessee.
0: All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's show, guys. Make sure you're checking out everything that we have over at campusdecanton.com. Make sure you're checking out the website, the, the, the YouTube page, the podcast feed, all of those good things. Uh, make sure if you're listening to this show, give us a rate and review. We always appreciate if You can drop us those. They help us move up the charts, whatever that means. It helps us. We'll be back next week with another episode of Campus Life. Until then, guys, I'm Austin.
1: And this is Colin. Have a good one.